Welcome to Season 2 of Voices from the Land, a special podcast series produced by the Legacy Hope Foundation. In this podcast series, we'll hear about Indigenous language revitalization projects and efforts to preserve and promote Indigenous languages across Turtle Island. Join us as we learn more about how Indigenous languages are helping Indigenous peoples connect, know, and remember the voices from the land. Hello, and welcome to this podcast on Indigenous languages. Voices from the Land is an Indigenous languages podcast produced by the Legacy of Hope Foundation. Its goal is to capture more perspectives and voices on Indigenous language reclamation. We are seeking to capture a range of perspectives to better reflect the many people engaged in Indigenous language revitalization. Our aim is that by listening to teachers, adult learners, and parents or guardians of children in language classes, we can gain more insight into what the challenges and barriers are, as well as the solutions and positive outcomes. In turn, we hope this will form a larger discussion on how to support Indigenous language revitalization. Thank you for joining us. Hello and welcome to this podcast on Indigenous languages. I'm your host, Gordon Spence, and in this episode, our guest is Kimberly Halcrow. She is a Cree language teacher from Norway House, Manitoba. She teaches uh, the Cree language at the Gillam School from the grades kindergarten to grade six. Hello, uh, Kimberly. How are you today? Hello, I'm good. I'm fine that I am here today to talk about our language, indigenous language. How do you say that word again? Revitalization. Revitalization. Here we go. Revitalization. The English is a (laughs) revitalization. There you go. Uh, Maybe you can start by just telling us a bit about your background, like your First Nation, your home community and your family. Yes. I'm originally from Nori House, which is called Guinness LCB. My childhood there was amazing. My late mom and dad were hunters. My dad was a fisherman and we always went out camping or out to the trap line. And I would always hear the language around me. And even when my dad would fix old skittos and I would help him and I could hear him still saying those Cree words to me where he would give me this mallet. And remember those old skittos that had that hub that's made out of steel? And he goes, Paguma. Hit it, make it the sound, you know, and then I would hit it. And my grandparents, uh, my dad's side, Lena, Halcrow and Alec, Lena was a very, um, she, she would always say something to me in Cree where be a good girl, don't do this, don't do that. And I would listen to her and I would hear those things what she says to me in Cree and I would pass them on to my daughters and I would tell them like don't give up keep going to school it's not going to get any harder and those were things that uh, my granny would say to me growing up Um, the community of Nori House yeah um, language was always there but growing up we we weren't it wasn't fluent how um, I remember my friends where some of them did speak Cree, some of them didn't speak Cree, and and we would play bat and ball, and we could hear that language. I, I miss that. I miss that surrounding of growing up, and I'm hoping that I'm giving that to my kids where we're up in Gillum, where mm-hmm. it's very diverse that I can 
Like I am trying. Like I, I am a powwow instructor too up here. And I do language around the house. I, I do a little bit here and there, but they're so shy to say it back to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, I know Gillum is a Cree community. And it's also got a lot of non-native people living there. It's it's a town, right? It's not really. Yes. Well, it's, a re- it's parts of the reserve are within yep. the town. Most of the young people mostly speak English. So that's a community, a good example of a community that's uh, that's pretty much almost lost its language completely. but Mm-hmm. The young people hardly speak it, and now I guess they're getting back to relearning it. Mm-hmm. As an Indigenous teacher, did you have to take a course to become a, a language teacher? Not at the beginning when I first started. Just recently, this past summer, I completed a pilot project from University of Winnipeg and Manitoba Aboriginal Language Strategies. It was only for three months for the summer where it's a pilot project they did online. We had a couple of instructors where just to get more input or information, the background of how else can we uh, introduce the language? How can we plan it? That was a hard one, the planning one. We had guests like Ken Papanicus where he would teach us the Cree and Ojibwe with another student that he worked with. But the vocabulary of prefix, suffix, demonstrative pronouns, like I didn't even hear these kind of words growing up knowing that, oh, our language has a, a format like French, right? Yeah. How did, uh, like, when you first started teaching uh, the Cree language, the, your first time in the classroom, describe your feeling, how did you prepare for it? And for somebody who was thinking of becoming a teacher, what kind of advice would you give them in terms of getting ready for, you know, teaching uh, a Cree language or another Indigenous language? First of all, I was thinking, okay, what did my Cree language teacher teach us? Because I remember Rossville not too long ago, like grade five, grade six, where, oh, we're having Cree classes. Oh, okay. And I remember late Byron Apatagan was one of my role models growing up. He would introduces the fish in Cree, the the Manitoba map in Cree, the Cree syllabics. And I remember how fun it was, how he approached, um, how his teaching techniques were. And I'm sitting there in that classroom thinking, okay, I have all these resources in front of me. I have these grades in front of me. Okay, how am I going to start? Do I know some of these students that know Cree or where can I, you know, okay, I'm going to have fun. So I started grade one. We did a small little verb words like ape, sit, nipoe, numbers from zero to 10. And then I started building up from there. And going back to my first day, actually, there's times where I was in the zone. Like, I'm like, wow, this is amazing that I'm actually up here teaching the language to the little ones, grade two, three, four, five, and six. And at the end of the day, they're like, oh, dancing is how crow. And, and I, I sing. I do a couple songs in Cree. That helps a lot to build up the vocabulary and the Cree pronunciation. So it, we do, uh, I do a, a lot of singing in my Cree classes. And uh, it's just, it's amazing. It's just, I was told I was a language keeper and I didn't realize how, important the language is to this day comparing six years ago that how far I've came and 
I always have new ideas to introduce Korean language to have for them to have fun. I don't want like being on the board, like Western way of teaching it. Like I always like try to speak at first because growing up, we weren't given a book in Cree or or, 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 or sheet to do or and it was always spoken to us. And it was a, it's a very good teaching to be. You just have to listen and look around your environment and surrounding. Okay, I understand what you're saying now. And just to pick it up from there. And so, like I said, with the numbers, we use our fingers or I use the song. I take them outside. We go for nature walks. And that's another thing, too, that I, I started doing with them. Because it's called land-based, too. But I don't go take them out hunting or fishing yet. I'm not there yet. But going out to the land and walking, how this connects to this. And we're doing the medicine wheel of four. Like, who are the four crawlers? We have the two-legged, the four-legged, the flyers, and the crawlers. And what are those? Humans, animals, birds, and bugs. You know, so... I always try to associate the medicine wheel too and the weather. They like doing the weather like dance anoskagisaga. Oh, kiss it down. How's the weather today? It is hot. They go back to the word and it's like I have to start them like newtin. New Okay, Miss Halko, Newton. Yes, yes. <laughs> so it's all coming yeah. together and that's where I am as a Cree teacher up here in Gillum and this is my sixth year and mm-hmm. like I said I feel the more I put the more is um it gets better each year for me to teach to go into classroom and give more than I I did mm-hmm. so it's uh, very exciting for me to go into a classroom like I said I feel like um <clears throat> I'm in the zone and I totally forget okay what did I just teach <laughs> it all came up <laughs> sounds like you're an actual teacher is you, would you describe your uh, language class, would this be an immersion course or would this be non-immersion? How, how much percentage is the decree you speak in your classroom and how much of it is in English? Um, first of all, it's non-immersion. So I don't go into a classroom and speak Cree, 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 Cree. So I go into a classroom and say, okay, today's word is Nagoskwat. So I write the word on the board and I ask them, okay, can you guys read this? Somebody read this. And then they'll sound out the Cree pronunciation words. Okay, so that's one of our words. So it means cloudy. And I would show them a picture after, but I wanted them to have that Cree word in their head before showing them the picture. Because after that, I show them the picture and then they'll say, oh, and they mentally see that Cree word with the picture. Mm-hmm. Does the age range differ in how you teach your students? Like, or do you teach all your students the same method? It's the same method, but I add more to the lesson. Like I said, for kindergartens, <clears throat> kindergartens, there's no writing in kindergartens. It's all uh, speaking and art. And grade ones and twos, uh, grade twos, I do a sentence. Grade ones, I introduce them to the... Um, verb word before going to a sentence like ape. So they know ape. And then grade two is I tell them nitapin, I am sinning. So I get them to say that to draw me a picture. Nitapin is so cute. I have this one boy where he plays hockey 
he goes, knit the pin in the penalty box. <laughs> <laughs> and just for them to know the content, I want yeah. to know if they know the content of knit the pin. Yeah. And um, the other way I do Cree, I call it Cree English, where I tell them, okay, write your sentence in English. So this is my Cree words. You're going to take that English and put that Cree word into your sentence. So one word was uh, bigo, gum. So chewing gum. And then he goes, uh, my bigo is double bubble. Um, my bigo is under my seat. <laughs> my bigo, I like chewing bigo. I like chewing gum. So that's why I call Cree, Cree English. I just wanted to know if they know the content. Right. Like, uh, yeah. Our language is very, very, very descriptive where yeah. the one word spider, like I just learned itsy bitsy spider not too long ago. And spider, it's, it's Google Manakasis. Google Manakasis, Kiko Spata Wheel, Ike Monakin, Nichoe Pohut, Bisa Michigas, or Kita Tapas, Del, Google Manakasis, Kitanko Spata Wheel. <laughs> that's very good yeah i was gonna also uh ask you if like let's say you're you're teaching uh i think you said kindergarten to grade six you've been there six years now yeah uh, so you started with these students at the kindergarten so they move up every year grade one grade two right to grade six yeah uh and i guess you progress to a different level in terms of teaching them more Cree, like so by grade six, they would have advanced more than they would from grade from kindergarten to grade one, from or from grade one to grade two. Is there like is there uh like would you teach grade six a higher level of Cree than you would grade four or you know grade three as opposed to uh, kindergarten? Well grade four, they're still beginning, and then grade five, grade six, grade six. Like I said, I do the numbers up higher and I and I add more like how many and I try to put more into math of it. And then the grammar of the um, language, we do a paragraph of adding, okay, today is windy and cloudy. Yesterday it was snowing. But before that, now the grade sixes could introduce themselves where my name is where i'm from how old when their birthday is if they have a favorite color like i'm i'm adding more and more into their introduction and then i'm introducing more of their kinship who my mom is my dad like the first second third person perspective for instance say i'm in grade six kimberly halker and disnagasun Catherine Nimama Isnigaso. So you're gonna add that third person. Right. So it it changes. So they see that the structure when I do it on the board and the ending. But before, like I said, before I write anything on the board, I, I speak the language to them first and say, mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So I'll write it on the board like inanimate, inanimate, um, first, second, third person. Um, they're, they're learning more of the Western way of it, like the grammar, yeah. how to write it and how to pronunciate at the end of, okay, this changes because, you know, 
And for the other ones, like grade three and four, they're in the middle. So I'm transitioning them to adding more. And if I add more, it feels like, so girl, this is too much. It is okay. Let's go back. Let's go back. Yeah. <laughs> we'll figure it out. But I'm really having fun with my kindergartens and great ones is because they're so in tune. They're so absorbing. Like there hasn't been a day that I would walk in and they would know the dances song. Like they sing it to me now. <laughs> and when I knock on the door, I have a I have a certain knock on the door. Oh, it's Cree time. And then I'll walk in and then they'll start singing the song to me. I'm like, oh, so and now they know beat the game. Beat the game is Halcrow. And so I try to tell them like, okay, I'm not coming in yet. Tell you tell me to come in. Yeah. Well yeah. in your uh, teaching experience, what would you say are the biggest obstacles for success for your students? What are some obstacles um, you're facing? I'll share this with you. I do have a couple of students that don't speak. They don't speak. It's not because of me. They they don't speak for other teachers, but they do so much with the writing and the illustrating. And it's so hard to try to get them to speak only because it's, it's kind of personal. They just won't speak. And But I do go around and try to uh, have them what is called total physical responses. So with the numbers, I'll say, okay, what's Neo Mitanao Nisosa? And then we'd go like this four mm-hmm. times. So that's 40. Neo Mitanao Niso Osa. So that's 42, right? So they, and I said, thank you for, for participating that way. And artwork, illustrating. The other challenges is um, I see indigenous especially Indigenous students where, oh, right on, they're going to know the language, right? Mm-hmm. And then once we get going, they're like, well, I don't know. I don't know how to say this. I don't need Cree. So I get that negativity sometimes as well. Let's just try. Okay, so repeat right, after yeah. me, whatever. And like you said, Gillum has is, is slowly coming together where it's starting to come out because of what's happening with the residential school and with the new term of truth and reconciliation. Like we're doing that a lot at school with truth and reconciliation and revitalization. It's slowly starting to come. So I could slowly see it. <laughs> mm-hmm. What would you say is a, is a big challenge for your school in improving success for students in the indigenous language learning process? I'm wanting to have more guest speakers to come in. I want elders to start coming in. I want to start doing land-based. It's just hard to try to construct that to get it going. I should have had it done at the beginning of the year, but I'm always feel like, Cree language, Cree language, Cree language, but there's so much more with the Cree language that you could do. Um, so the challenge is to try to be out of the box and learn more out of the box to go out and learn the land base and, and have elders come in and uh, for them to hear the language more right. around an elder, for her just to sit there, him, and for the kids to just listen. And I don't I know. Some of the kids are like, well, what's Cree? When I first started with kindergarten and grade ones, and 
So they said, what's Grievous, Holcrow? And I said, well, it's a indigenous language. Well, what's indigenous? Um, well, like they've always been changing the word, right? So it's yeah. ab- it was Aboriginal, now it's indigenous. And then as, as me, I said, I'm First Nations, so I'm Cree. Yeah. And, oh, okay. So it's it's like um, a second, uh, first, second language to some people. Yeah. And then once I come in and build the language, that that they're like, oh, Miss Halco, thank you. Even yeah. outside at the school or store, I see my, uh, one of my uh, Filipino, I have a little Filipino uh, student. Yeah. And he was like, oh. Dancing is how go dancing. All happy. And the mom and dad were like, oh, you're the Cree language teacher. I said, yeah, I'm the Cree language teacher. And Filipino, their language apparently is almost a similarity of the sounds. And it makes me wonder that this student has picked up the language more than my indigenous student. Mm-hmm. Because they have a second language. And this is their third language is taking up Cree. Because I find my there's a few of them like my like Gillum here is very diverse and uh and then going back to my indigenous students, their parents or grandparents and their parents weren't speaking the language to them. And it's and it's hard because with all the things that's been happening to us as indigenous people where they tried so hard to wipe us out. They tried so hard to assimilate us. They tried so hard sorry to say to get rid of us, but here we are still strong and revitalization the language we are um, overcoming the barriers of putting the language back because it was taken away at one point and now it's mm-hmm. back we're still here and i'm glad that i'm part of frontier skill division to be up here in gillam to teach the language yeah part of the uh the challenge in many communities is having teachers from the community teach the language of that community. And uh, what we've heard in some cases is that they'd have to import teachers from other parts of the province or other parts of the country to come in and teach their language. But they bring in with them a different dialect and a different pronunciation than the original people spoke. So that's a bit of a challenge for some of them that you know are going through and there's many many uh communities schools across canada that are starting to get into this language revitalization there are many challenges and i like them they do bring in more guest speakers you know and elders and uh many of them also do land-based teaching mm-hmm. and uh what it really does it, it it adds a different dimension to the students in uh, hearing different speakers and uh, it gives them a different perspective and it keeps their interest, you know, in, in perspective. It really, really keeps their interest. The other part of that three-part question, of same thing, barriers and challenges. What are some barriers and challenges that the community faces in uh, Indigenous language development in the community? Like, let's say the town of Gillum. This is a frontier school division, right? And it has a a certain curriculum that it must follow. Uh, I guess you're uh, you're kind of guided or you're bound by the curriculum that's that that you have to follow. What are some other challenges that the community faces? Like uh, 
Are there anything, uh, any, any challenges or barriers that the, let's that, say the town of Gillum or the people of Gillum face on, uh, you know, language revitalization? Um, when I first started here, I was looking through the resource stuff that the prior indigenous language teachers have left. So I was looking, say, for, for instance, Musqua. So I spell Musqua. M-A-S-K-W-A, Musqua. So when I was reading them, they spelled Musqua M-U-S-K-W-A. So there's a, a U in the language from Split Lake to here. Right. So with me, I'm Swampy Tree N. So Musqua, I say M-A-S-K-W-A, Musqua. And it sounds the same. I don't think there's no difference. It's just this, the, the writing of it. Right. Right. And then barriers where I did try. I did try going to teach Cree at the rec center. The, the center, Gillum is the center of everything around here. So everybody goes to the rec center. So I did try teaching night classes once a week. And first it came out to be a big group and it got smaller and smaller and smaller. And it got to the point where I only had one student. And this one student that I had, he was older. He went to residential school. He's an elder of the town. He still drives a bike in town. And every time I see him, he's like, hi, teacher. <laughs> <laughs> and he's asked, like, are you doing Cree again? And I said, no, I wasn't asked by the rec center yet if I could go back and, okay, come back. Let's try this again. So what was the cause of that? That's obviously a challenge or a barrier. Yeah, it Some, was. It's for just like people. maybe it's because, oh, I'm busy. It's a Tuesday night. Oh, I'm busy. It's a Thursday night. Or, oh, I forgot. Like, I always try to make it interesting. Okay, today we're playing bingo for prizes. Oh, today we're learning about family. Today we're going to do a little bit of art. And, yeah, so I noticed my group got smaller and smaller. So, mm -hmm. so it, it, it it's hard to explain more barriers but like if they did goose camp they do goose camp here if they were mm -hmm. to find an elder that spoke the language or maybe i could go and say okay how do you say goose niska what do you do um feather it but i can't remember how to say feather it but there is a, a process of doing the steps in cree so the kids could see what the elders doing and bring up the language that way. I think they need to put more language into the cultural camp, they call it in Fox Lake. So they do a lot of culture camps and goose yeah. camp would be one of them, but they need to introduce more to the language of what they're doing up here in Gillum. Yeah. So facilities is not a problem. Um, well, the rec's open now, but like I said before, right. I did powwow and I did have classes and it got to the point where, um, I talked to Delaney. I said, you know what? I'm like, I hate the, I hated to give up on my one student. And I said, how else more can we introduce the language to get more people to come out? And she really didn't have an answer to it. She goes, well, let's just try it again. End your class with this person and say, okay, we'll try it another time. Yeah. Some communities, they're all different. Like, you know, some people uh, care, but they don't have the time. There's all kinds of reasons. And it's yeah. not that they don't care. Mm -hmm. I know 
I'm pretty sure that, you know, for whatever reason, they, they know they have a reason for not going. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not what they expected. So maybe but, it, it kind of like, wow, this is a lot. Or oh, I don't know if I could do this. <laughs> you yeah, know, it was like, yeah. and the other thing I'll mention is um, as a teacher, too, when we have parent conference day, like you have visit, you have health, you have the one teacher that teaches all the subjects where by the time they're done do- talking to the teacher, who's last? Me, mm-hmm. language teacher. So I've decided to tell them, okay, well, I pra- I did this one year where, okay, I'm not going to be there for teacher conference night. I want to do it differently. So I did great once and two, one night, it was a separate night where we had parents come into my classroom with their child. So I would like, okay, so let's play bingo. Let's get your parents involved. And we played bingo and Cree. And we did some of the lessons that I did prior before. We did um, some singing. And I brought Bannock and Jam and Tea. So that was my teacher conference. <laughs> so, and then I told the, the office, I said, this has to be done separately every other night. So I did great ones and twos one night, three and fours one night five and six together so it worked out I, li- I like that I'm hoping to do that again soon uh once the rest- at school is lifted more because the other thing I had my own classroom I had my Cree classroom where I had letters and everything in Cree around my classroom was in Cree letters that I put the chart up I put the colors I put the calendar I had sections where kids could go commit the way the 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 like to read here to paint there to sing over there so I had sections in my classroom where the kids would have free time I would call it but it wasn't free free time because there was creating it so now I have a trolley with my all my paperwork or whatever my laptop and I'll just go in the classroom and Okay, this is what we're doing today. It's not the same as having my classroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, we're getting to the end of this podcast interview. I have a two-part question and one last question. This two-part question is similar to the other ones. What are key factors in your school that make it successful? What are the key things in your, in, in your language program that, that make it a success? And the other part of that, maybe just answer that one first. I have a lot of attenders, perfect attenders. And those are the ones that really progress with the language because I try not to repeat the same lesson over and over again because the other students are just coming back. So September, when we start school in September, I concentrate on Orange Shirt Day. Mm-hmm. And everybody knows Orange Shirt Day and they get all excited that we're going to be doing activities and reading books about Orange Shirt Day. So everybody knows about Orange Shirt Day and where it come from, how it started and to educate them more like what happened at residential school. And that was hard for the little ones for me. And then uh, to introduce them about yeah. Orange Shirt Day. Yeah. Um, Christmas, Christmas, Christmas Christmas concert comes, right? So we have our songs in Cree and they support that because I, I started putting the, our songs in Cree 
to the Christmas concert. So I don't know if they've done that prior. So we've done um, Santa Claus is Coming to Town, Drummer Boy, Away in the Manger. Yeah. Yeah. So, and uh, I made little small songs for the little ones. They were all excited. So I introduced the language Christmas concerts, right? Yeah. Um, what's another one? They started, uh, well, my vice principal, she's not indigenous, but she likes to say the morning announcements with Cree. They dance it, and then she tells the day. And at the end of her announcements, it's all menokisagansa, have a good day. Now, so that hearing it every morning too for the kids in Cree, yeah. part of the language. Um, Do you get a lot of support from other teachers? Um, like, I mean, more support, uh, you know, is it? Yeah, like a, I, I do. I do. It's a good environment at school. Yeah. They're like, I don't know how you do it, Kim. Like teaching a second language. I wouldn't do it or I couldn't do it. I don't even know where to start. And I tell them, well, I, I wouldn't know where to start to teach like the way you're teaching your students. Yeah. I don't have a teacher certificate. I don't have this degree. All I have is my language. Mm -hmm. And they looked at me. Oh, okay. (laughs) And I'm having fun with it. And yeah. yeah, So, and I do try to um, educate myself more. I go to these conferences out in the city. And there's two, there's two organizations that been helping me. Since I started Cree, I've been reached to help teach Cree online. Or I go to their conferences and get more ideas from other language teachers, the Ojibwe, Dene, and I'll take those examples and take it back to my school. And then I try to practice those there. Like we have Manitoba Aboriginal Language Strategies, where I teach beginners Cree. So this is my second year online with them. And then Manitoba Indigenous Cultural education center micc has approached me too and i done uh, a zoom one class with them with beginners creek so those are my two big supportive two and going to conferences is another thing where i don't feel alone and then but being here i feel alone at the school like i can't really turn to someone there because there's no one else that speaks Cree at the school and I have to go out the box or I come home, dad, how, oh, I forgot how you say this or, oh, okay. So I, I, I'm still practicing because I, I still have a hard time reading. I, I, I find things in the language, but I have to go back and read the content of the foxes running in the woods. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I have to really break <laughs> it up to, to, uh, Nustamik in the Saga. bush. Saga. I say Nustamik. <laughs> I know. It's the same, same, same meaning. Yeah. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. What about the key factors in the community? What would you need to do, like, with the community need to do? When I say community, I mean, with including the First Nations of Fox Lake. What would they need to do? What would be key factors? I, that need to be done to make it more successful for students to learn their Cree language. 
I would like or love to connect with the Fox Lake Cree teacher with me to have like a, a little mini language conference with uh, grade three and fours, grade five and six. Like we could go to Fox Lake because I think some of these students haven't been to Fox Lake before because they're like, well, what's the reservation? Why Fox Lake way over there? You know, like they need to go out there and, and, Really? They have not we, been out there? Some There's a few of them that haven't been at Fox Lake. They heard oh. about it, but they've never been out there. Oh. So that's my, I, I really want to do that one day, just for us to go there for the day and hang out at the school and mm-hmm. do games and for them to see other Indigenous students and how far they add with their language and compared to ours that, okay, you know what I mean? I just want to... Yeah have that exchange of um why don't you just like yeah you could do it like a field trip you know yeah like like a field trip i want to start doing field trips and yeah, uh, yeah and for the town of gillam um there's a few people ask me well how do you say hospital in cree how do you say post office in cree how do you say pharmacy in cree and i've just started talking to one of the ladies at um, frontier school division where okay are you able to make me posters with these Cree words and then I would put them on the sign of each area of Gillum right. where oh look there's a Cree word because a lot of kids are like what come there is a few Cree words at the rec center they opened up it's a new it's a brand new rec center where there's a few words that are in Cree in some of the, the rooms that they dedicated to yeah. But I can't remember which one it is, but there are some Cree words there. So that's starting. And I would like to put more Cree words up and around Gillum and to take the kids out for a nature walk. Like I said, okay, yeah. how do we say hospital in Cree? Why do we say that? And just to go yeah. around. Yeah. 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 You know, the stop sign? Mm-hmm. Just say, keep it G, right keep underneath it. Give it yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. I'm visualizing yeah. all these words around town. And, uh, you know, I, I haven't been at the daycare. The daycare has asked me to come in now and then to to yeah. teach the kids Cree and like basic words, sure. the numbers, or even I take uh, storybooks. I read a lot of storybooks too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Cree, so, Cree, like, Cree. Um, part of it is Cree. There's a few words in Cree. I translate some of the words in uh, from English to Cree and look at the picture. Oh, this is fire. Like yeah. I have this one book called The Spring Celebration where this little girl from Brochette, her name is Iskutel, fire. Mm-hmm. And so how do we say spring in Cree? Uh, sequin. And then they will look at the picture. Oh, look, there's a miska. Look, there's a dim. Oh, wasisak. Like they're starting to come when we start going through the pictures and stories and and that's the science of it, of this book, where after winter, Bipman covers everything and everything starts to come alive. And then uh, so the science part of it, what comes back? The geese. And the, you could start hearing the frogs. The eggs are starting to hatch, you know. Mm-hmm. Do you have any resources that you would recommend that a Cree teacher can use or go to? Um, like I said, we have, um, yeah, yeah. so they're on, they what does have, that stand for? 
Manitoba Indigenous Cultural Education Center. Okay. And they they have speakers live on there and they do Cree workshops um, where you can register. It's not just Cree, they, they do Ojibwe and Dene, I believe, too. And then Manitoba Aboriginal Language Strategies is another one where, um, same thing, where they promote the languages. And then you have, um, what's that? MFNR, Manitoba First Nations Cultural Mm, FM NERC, I can't remember. But that's another one too where I go to them for resources where uh, Charity Cooper, she's from originally from Cross Lake, but she works in Winnipeg with this organization, um, FM NERC, Manitoba First Nations Cultural Center. Her and another lady, uh, I always go to their website to hear them speak and how this is said in Cree and I use that lesson in my language. Like for, for instance, there's no Cree word as in, um, can I go to the washroom? Right. So a lot of kids, can I go to the washroom? I need the washroom. Can I go to the washroom? So what do you do in the washroom? You take care of yourself. Right. So I have the kids saying now, and that's another word too, that my granny used to tell me, pamiso. Yeah. Take care of yourself. And then I would say, okay, well, you don't have to ask me. Just go stand by the door and say, Niwi pa mi son. Ah, master, go. Yeah. You know? So that's a, I, that's a couple of things that I have them say before they leave. Or Niwi te minigon, nipi. I want to go drink water. So they go fill out their water bottle. They, I said, in order to leave the classroom, you have to say these in Creek. <laughs> 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 is there anything else you'd like to add or share well in order to educate yourself with the languages go back if you're one of those that know how to read the language keep going everything's on media now right so there's a lot of resources on google um a lot of resources in Manitoba with websites, like I said, MALS and FM NERC and Manitoba Indigenous Cultural uh, Education Center. Go to YouTube, listen to the language, what they're, and then you could get yourself familiarized. Oh, this is what they're saying. Oh, okay. That's, you know, you just need to go back and don't give up. Okay. Thank you for taking the time to do this with us. It sounds like you're doing great work in Gillum, Manitoba, as mm -hmm. a Cree language teacher and uh, on behalf of the Legacy Hope Foundation. Hey, thank you very much for taking the time to do this with us today. Voices from the Land is a podcast project produced by the Legacy of Hope Foundation. Music is provided by David Finkel. For more episodes like this and to learn more about the work we are doing, please visit www.legacyofhope.ca.